0: or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space,
0: we're not saying that all white women are bad. What we're saying is that inherent in this white supremacist patriarchal society, there are a lot of negative consequences for black women and more benefit for white women When we have these interracial friendships.
1: Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, We release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit CultivatingHerSpace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab.
0: Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker.
1: In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be.
0: Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? in contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right. Our quote of the day. Get ready because it's a good one. It's a banger. Their internalized misogyny and often subconscious racism teaches them to use the backs of black women as stairs they need to use to climb closer to the top of the white male made hierarchy. That quote comes to us from writer Savannah Worley. Now, that one was such a whopper that I definitely need to read that one again for the folks in the back so that you make sure you can write this down and tweet this quote or use it in your emails. And we'll talk about that strategy later. Their internalized misogyny and often subconscious racism teaches them to use the backs of Black women as stairs they need to use to climb closer to the top of the white male-made hierarchy. T, sister Savannah Worley out here dropping some real, real, real
1: gems dropping some gems. Okay. Let me just say that is loaded lady. We, in doing our research on this topic, we found Savannah's medium article online and she's on Twitter. This is going to be a good conversation, but y'all go show her some love. Okay. She is writing about race, mental health and random stuff on medium. Okay. Her, her Twitter handle is savvy wrote that. Okay. And her name on Twitter is Savannah tweets. Go show her some love. Her writing is amazing. And we just had to shout her out because this quote was so powerful. And we just want you to show her some love. She also has an article that is called, wait for it. I am the proof ending my need for white validation. So also go check that out on medium and show her some love. Cause this is this topic right here, Dom. It's it's a loaded one. What is I mean, should I even I ask you what that quote means to you or should we just jump let in? Let me just
0: let's just jump in and let me okay, just say that like let me just shout out Savannah's articles like one more time because okay. I think that Savannah a lot of what Savannah is speaking is something that so many of us black women and other women of color, but truly his like really historically in this country mm-hmm. that black women can relate to. Yep. And I, I know personal experience from listening to friends experiences that this is real, right? Mm -hmm. That this unfortunately happens to us all, 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 all the time.
1: Yes. So, I mean, let's just talk about, let's just talk about our relationships, I guess, with White women and our experiences, and let's just go from there. I guess because it's it's definitely a loaded topic. And yeah, lady, yeah.
0: So let me just uh, let me start by saying that our experiences are based in the historical experiences of Black women and white women, right? That Savannah's quote really contextualizes that experience from a historical perspective, right? So I think about when our ancestors were brought here as enslaved people, and I think about our relationship with white women starting there, right? That the white woman used us as their personal assistant, right? To handle all of the household chores and duties that they didn't want to do. That including cooking and cleaning. Right. Ooh, child rearing. who child. Having us breastfeed their children. Mm-hmm. So let's just sit with that one for a second. Right. So we are not good enough for most things in life. Yet, and we're not smart, right? And we're not this, and we're not that. All of these things that we are not, right? Yeah. Yet, our liquid gold Mm -hmm. breast milk was good enough for their for their white babies. I'm 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 yeah. So you have that part, right? But then I also think about how. Our little black girls were used to sleep on the feet of white women at night to keep them warm. So while our little black girls might be freezing cold, they are laying on top of the white woman's feet to keep her warm at night. Right. So that's the historical context. Right. And then we also think about how the narratives that we've been told, and even if we think back to the movie Roots and how Kizzy and I can't think of the woman, the white woman's name, but they were childmates, right? Like they played mm-hmm. together. Right. And then as they got older, all of a sudden the white woman is coming to Kizzy and telling her, oh guess what, Kizzy, you're my property now. Mm. Yeah. Let me yeah. I can't even gather my words for that shit right now. Like, like yes. for, like for real. Yeah. Yep, yep. So so that's the historical context in which we're coming from?
1: hmm That's important to lay the foundation for that too. Yeah. That's really important. Yep.
0: And then we fast forward, right? Mm-hmm. To Jim Crow era, civil rights era, and you have, and and don't get me started on the simultaneous women's rights movement during this time period, right? Mm -hmm. At the turn of the 20th century. And you have black women coming through in this movement, but they are completely silenced because it's not really about black women having rights, it's really about white women. Having mm-hmm. rights and having a seat at the table and getting closer to that white male hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But they are quick to use us. Like good old Sojourner truth, right? So you listen to us speak. And then you, you co-op, you take, not even co-op, you take our words and use it to get what you need and completely disregard us sheesh and that shit still happens today i'm just yeah. saying yes yeah.
1: i mean you preaching i mean you just i'm about to just sit back and <laughs> i mean it's facts <laughs> no it's the truth and i'm gonna be honest i think that lady, as you listen we probably all have our own experiences right we, well, I mean, we do. We all have our own experiences when it comes to how we interact with white women, white people and all that. Right. And to be honest, Dom, this is something that I i feel like the world has just changed so much from when we were younger. I think when I was younger, I was just so oblivious and had no idea about just how serious race relations were in our country and really in the world. But growing up in a predominantly white area. Having white friends, black friends, mef- Mexican friends, all kinds of you know diverse friends in San Diego because it was a pretty diverse environment that I grew up in, and then moving to the East Coast after 9-11. and when I reflect back on that time, I didn't I didn't really have meaningful relationships with white people, and I had a few people at church that I was friends with, but we were still kids, and so when I think about the meaningful relationships that I had, and again the complexity when I moved to California as an adult. And I worked in tech and in Silicon Valley, that was when I was like reintroduced to more white people, right? Based on where yeah. I had come from. And so I remember creating meaningful relationships. And I remember having a moment, probably back when things got really intense in our country as far as the race relations. And I was like, damn, I'm reflecting. I'm like, I don't remember a time in my life as an adult where I actually like, had a meaningful relationship with a white person. And it wasn't until this point in adulthood, and I was like, "Oh, that's so interesting. I wonder. I wonder, like, just just questioning. Like, I wonder what, you know, how this happened. What caused it? Not a bad thing, but it's just reflecting on the fact that this is my reality currently. And I think that there are a few things that come up for me personally when I think about befriending white women, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely a complexity there, and there's a there's definitely some apprehension. A lot of times let's be honest, right? some apprehension yeah. and I'm always mindful and sensitive to the way in which they engage the colloquialisms that they use. Right. So if Ooh. I notice all of a sudden there's like, you know, hey, girl, and I'm like, well, you don't really call anyone else girl like that. Right. That's or home girl, or just like random stuff that you might hear. And I've had these experiences where someone's like, oh, yeah, like I love Obama. And I'm like, we're not talking about politics at all. Like that's it's weird, you know. There's certain things that they might say or do where you either might feel like you're a token, or you feel like they are not being authentic. And for me, authenticity is key. And so when you're not being authentic and you're just behaving in a way that you believe is going to build a connection, I think that's where it kind of gets it gets murky, you know, where you're like, "Mm, I don't really, I don't know what's going on here. I don't really know about the intentions. And so that's been my experience. Yeah, that's been my experience. I'll leave it at that for now. What about you, Dawn? What is your experience?
0: You know, I think about it and I think that you're right, right. Of this level of of consciousness that we have to have when engaging in potential friendships with white women. Right. And and for me, I think about, yes, that political piece, right, of like. Particularly when I've, because I've li- most of my life has, I've lived in the South, right? So I think about growing up and spending most of my life in the South, and I recognize that the South and the Midwest are different than the East and the West in terms of handling po- politics and just nuances around race, right? In terms of it is often more overt and in your face whereas in the east and the west it is more nuanced and so you have to really be a a lot more vigilant around what what your experiences are your interactions are Mm -hmm. because you might miss that subtle subconscious racism that comes out in those, in your interactions. Right. And I think about particularly as an adult, how in the workplace, what those relationship dynamics look like, because let's just be, let's just think about it. Like as adults, most of our, a lot of our friendships get formed in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think about these various roles that I've seen that I may have subconsciously found myself in and then had to gather my consciousness and say, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about how sometimes white women, consciously or not, expect the black woman to be the mammy or the caretaker. In most situations, whether it's at work or in your friendships, right? Wait, can
1: you define that, Dom, if that's a new term? Because I know we, we did an episode about this, but what does that actually look like and mean in action?
0: So the mammy is, has been characterized as often this overweight, unattractive mother figure, right? So let's think about it in media, right? That's probably the easiest way for folks to get a picture of what that really looks like, right? So, think about Octavia Spencer's role in The Help. Think about any TV show that you've watched where the white woman or the white family has a black woman coming in, and either she is the secretary, or the housekeeper, or the comedic best friend. Mm of the white woman or the white family right Mm -hmm. and if you think about what that really looks like then it looks like she becomes the mother figure who is taking care of everything and fixing all the problems right and how that can show up also in the workplace Mm. is some shit goes wrong and then we say well we're trying to diversify and so we bring in a black woman in a powerful position, like a C-suite position, and expect her to clean up the shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I'm thinking about, and I think we're probably going to dive into this, but what that made me think about is those instances where, like you said, some shit go down. Let's talk about 2020, where it's like every company's like, oh shit, we got to pretend like we... Some of them are genuine, but others like oh, shit, we got to pretend, like, <laughs> pretend like we care about black people. Let's go get the one black girl that does this one role that has nothing to do with diversity. She's not even trained in diversity, but Ooh. let's go get the black girl to go ahead and like put something together for us. Like stuff like that. Child. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Lady, yeah. as you're listening, I already know, you know what this is like and you mm-hmm. have seen it go down. Yeah. And some of you may have been put in that position. Right. Yeah. Like you were asked to lead some diversity initiative and you haven't been trained in that. And so now all of a sudden they're expecting you to then also come in and share your personal experiences so that they can learn from your lived experience. Mm Hmm. Child. Inappropriate.
1: You know what? As we talk about this conversation, it makes me think about another quote. Savannah, we quote you again, girl. Another quote from one of Savannah, Savannah's articles. And what she said was the article is called Dear White Women, Here's Why It's Hard to Be Friends with You. And the quote says, You might argue that women in general behave this way towards each other, which is sad. But within the context of relationships between white women and black women, the effects of their toxic behavior is devastating, even life threatening. I've had a white woman make a false report about me to the police. I've had white men threaten violence on me because of the words of a white woman. I've had white women attempt to get me fired from jobs, which would have prevented me from supporting myself. Okay. Like it's, yeah, it's deep and it gets real.
0: I find myself feeling incredibly frustrated Mm -hmm. and agitated and annoyed and pissed Mm -hmm. off and all of those things. When I think about stuff like that, right. When I think about how, White women will, in your evaluation, will tell you, "Oh, T, I'm sorry. You know, I just want you to know that some of the feedback we've received is that you're difficult to work with. What does that mean? That I'm difficult to work with, right?" Eh. Well, well, Dom, it's a little tr- it's a little
1: tricky though because the thing is, when the black woman who's air quotes difficult. Behaves in the same way that the white male acts. He's not difficult,
0: of right? Course he's a boss. Not.
1: He's vocal. He's outspoken. Like he's he. All he's the confident. other things. He's confident, right? He knows what he wants. But it's a black woman when she acts that way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, Dom. This is it's definitely complex. You know, it definitely is very very complex.
0: <sighs> and then I also think about how it. You know. Sometimes, like how we have to be vigilant, right? Because sometimes we end up in these token relationships, right? Where the white woman befriends us so that they can assuage their white guilt and they can say, no, I'm not racist because I have this black friend, right? And then other black folks are looking at you like, sis, you friends with her? Like, what? Like, why? Like, you know, she's racist. Why are you friends with her? Not realizing that sometimes there's a lot more layers tied into why you may be associating with this particular white woman, right? She may be married in the family, it may be a work requirement, you know? There there may be a host of reasons. Why you are associated with this particular white woman. And now you are expected to be her token friend and you have to figure out what does it mean to for you? What is your reasoning? What is the advantage for you to maintain this friendship with this white woman? Right. And I would also like to point us to Rachel Cargill. We have had Rachel on the show once before. And I think that Rachel, if you follow her on Instagram, Rachel gives lots of deep information around specifically for white women to understand how they can be problematic. And ways in which they can fix or correct their problematic behavior when it comes to interacting with black women. Because I think the reality is, is that, like we said, these relationships are complex. Right. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to have some listener out there that's going to say, but my white friend. And it very well may be true that. There are very well-intentioned and well-meaning white women in the world, right? And I, I know some in my own life, right? But that does not make them immune from messing up. That does not make them immune from stereotyping you, putting you into a position, a difficult position, where you have to call them out. Putting you into positions where you have to carry an extra emotional burden and do emotional labor to correct the relationship. It doesn't prevent any of that from happening, and it could still be. A three out of four good relationship. So I want to I do want to make that clear that. We're not saying that all white women are bad. What we're saying is that inherent in this white supremacist patriarchal society, there are a lot of negative consequences for Black women and more benefit for white women when we have these interracial friendships. Dom, you hit the nail on the head.
1: And I was going to say something, and I think it totally escapes me at the moment, but it made me think of oh, I was going to say how 2020, I think, was a wake up call for a lot of people when it comes to where they stood with the white people that are in their lives. And like you said, tapping into, if you're a white woman listening, like tapping into Rachel's resources would be great because she does, this is her life's work. Like she does this work where she teaches you all how to be allies. I think for us as black women, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I think just protecting ourselves is really important too. Because I know for me, there were a lot of times where if I was friends with a white person, I'm like, well, how do they see me? Like, am I just their black friend? Because I'm, wh- I'm, I'm, I'm from, I'm, I'm your friend because of who you are, how you show up, or because of the commonalities that we have. But I never want to be like the token black. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's just not what I'm signing up for. So I think understanding and having open conversations around. How you navigate your friendship. This is kind of random, Dom, but one thing I noticed was I was going on like a staff outing with some white colleagues years ago. I remember walking around and I was just like, damn, this is so weird to say, but like I felt in a way like I felt safe with them because I was like, oh, I know that the cops, they're not going to pop off and act a certain way. Because I'm a right? white people, and they don't play that. They cops, they they just they know how to behave when it comes to white folk. White folks with guns, white folks in general. But if you're black, it's like oh, you can you can get killed for doing nothing for breathing, you know. And so I thought yes. about that and just how it's just so bizarre how the treatment across the spectrum between white people and black people is. And so when you when you add the friendship, it just reminds me of what Savannah said in her quote: how. Their behavior can be so detrimental, which is why this conversation needs to be had around the complexities in the relationship, because there's so much more at stake. Like, it's so risky, you know, like a white person calling the cops on you could be it could be the end, you know? Yeah. And it's just it's so important to just understand that and think about how to protect ourselves.
0: Yes, I completely agree with you that it is important for us to have that level of awareness. And, but I think also more importantly, recognizing that we are enough, right? However we show up, we are enough. And, and I think knowing that piece, knowing that we are enough, recognizing how much they like to emulate us, right? Should be proof enough. If we if we're looking, if we're in that space where we're needing validation from white folks. Right. Because I want us to all be in that space where we don't need their validation, where we just know flat out on our own. I wake up in the morning. I'm a black woman. I am enough point blank, period,
1: period, Pooh. OK, now, question for you. Do you yes. think that if you have a white friend, do you think that you all like it is a necessity just for you personally. And I know you can't speak for everyone, but do you believe that it's imperative that you all speak about race? If you all are friends, like if you and a white woman are friends?
0: Hell yeah, that shit's going to come up. It has to. And if it doesn't, because as a black woman, I'm always thinking about it. Right. You have you have to be like what you mean? Like that's we got we go outside. We black first.
1: That's just right. how, That's how the world sees us. I feel like that's how we've been conditioned to be.
0: Right. And so. If I have a white friend and they don't want to talk about race, like if they find ways to avoid it. And they find they're uncomfortable being the first person to bring it up. That person can no longer be my friend because I don't trust them. I won't feel safe with them. Because what that says to me is that if I have to be the one to always bring it up. And either they try to avoid it or change the subject like they're not willing to engage. Then what that says to me is that chances are, one, they saying some racist shit behind my back. Two, if some shit goes down, they not they really not going to have my back. Mm-hmm. Like they're probably going to be the first person to throw me under the bus yeah. to protect their own selves. Yeah. Right. That's not somebody that's a friend. So I will say that the white women that I do have in my life, we have had to have some difficult conversations around race. Not saying that those those conversations completely resolve things. But the conversations had to be had. And if they aren't willing to engage in the conversation, then, yeah, no, you can't. Sorry. you, You can't rock with Dr. Dom. Sorry.
1: No, I I agree with you a hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that. I agree as well. Like when I think about the white women that I have meaningful relationships with, many of them are advocates. Like many of them are allies. They they are actively doing the work. And I think about Nikki, who supports our podcast. She's a big fan. She's on Patreon. She supported us from like day one, and she's like doing the work as an ally, right? She's very you know aware and conscious. And she be Nikki be going in, and I'd be like, okay, girl, go ahead, use your privilege, mama. Like do that thing because. There are certain things that some white women can say and do that if we do it, we're perceived in a certain way. So I'm with you. There are definitely difficult conversations that we have about race. But like you said, it's so important because I think it's such a big part of who we are as black women. I want to say in this country, but I I think we can say in the world because I'm sure there are black women in other parts of the world as well that you're treated a certain way. and It's important for your friends to be aware of that. Right. And to know how to advocate for you and to also be empathetic about how you are positioned in society and what that means and how some like a a statement that they might make could be taken or misconstrued, right? So I do, I agree with you. I think that it is important um, as a black woman, if you have white friends, white women friends in particular, it is important to have conversations about race.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, just to also add some more layers to the conversation, thinking about skin color, And skin tone. Right. And how that plays into the conversation. Like I, I acknowledge that I have light skin privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I am aware that there are instances in which my engagement with white women may not be perceived as threatening as some of my darker skin counterparts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm also aware that my light skin privilege can get me into spaces that some of my darker skinned sisters can't get into, unfortunately. And so for me, I also think about what my role is, right? In terms of advocating and having those conversations and calling out white folks around how they engage with black folks and particularly around skin color and the comments that they might make, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's spot on. I'm so glad you brought that up. Colorism in the community, and even how we have to, I would say that we should feel called to be advocates within our community for our darker, you know, brothers and sisters, right? Yes. Because it, it, honestly, can we be real though? It, isn't it so bizarre? Like, okay, so having a daughter now, right? Having a little precious, innocent, pure, just beautiful little baby who's my, what we call our little melanated munchkin, right? Seeing her and thinking about, how this world is so uh, just driven and controlled by like race and someone's col- the color of their skin. It's so bizarre when we think about this is where we are as grown adults that are aware and conscious. Really, is the you know the white people? It's the path. The it's, it's
0: it's like the path to whiteness or the co- yeah. or the proximity to whiteness. The right? proximity to whiteness. Proximity right? to whiteness.
1: When you think about the paper bag test and just to think about. Yeah. It's just so crazy, girl. It's it's mind boggling. And I think there's a lot more conversations that need to be had about this topic. I know that we do have a few tips on navigating complex relationships. So I think we should just dive on into those tips. I know we're going to have another conversation, a deeper conversation on the after show after this. So lady, definitely join us on Patreon to tune into the after show and to see the video because we're on video now. So we have a video for every episode. So Yeah, let's let's dive into the tips, Tom.
0: So I I also wanna I wanna be clear that our tips are for black women. Okay. That our tips really are aimed because our podcast is primarily for black women. Anybody else who's not a black woman who's listening, you can derive benefit from this, but these tips specifically are for our our black sisters. So Tip number one is awareness, right? So as I mentioned before, having a level of conscious awareness of what is happening around you, who your friends are, and why they are your friends, right? Like, you gotta know, I mean, in all things, and T, I think you were the one that like, first started asking like why about certain things. And I started like marinating on that and realizing that the asking the question, why is so applicable to multiple areas of our lives, thinking about our why and having that awareness of why, why I might be friends with this particular woman.
1: You know, what, when it comes to awareness, Right. That is so important. Like, we cannot be oblivious. We need to know where people stand. And like you said, we do need to have these conversations. It makes me think about the mysterious death of the Black woman in North Georgia who was at the sleepover. with I believe it was all white people. Have you heard about this? No, but I know
0: about North Georgia, so I'm not surprised.
1: You're not surprised. Lady, if you're listening, well, obviously you're listening, but lady, go tune or go look up Tamla Horsford. Okay, T A M L A H O R S F O R D. Dom, we can talk about this in the after show, but yeah, she was a mom. She went to this sleepover and she mysteriously died. I mean, the circumstances are ridiculous. It were all there were white men and white women there, and I just think about dang, like being aware, like and knowing and having conversations with people where if you pick up, like, listen to your intuition, lady. If you pick up on some, a vibe, and you're like, um. Ah. I don't know. It's probably coming up for a reason. So I think awareness is super key. Then you have boundary setting as the next tip, right? Boundary setting. When you hear, like when you think about boundary setting in the context of this relationship, Dom, I would love to hear what what comes to mind for you. For me, when I think about boundary setting, it means I've had situations, I've talked about this on the podcast, but where, you know, a white person might ask to, you know, give me a nickname. I've had white men and women do that where it's like, oh, I want to give you a little rap name and I'm like, no, because you wouldn't say you would not say that to Joe over there. No, you're not going to give me a nickname and call me T-Dog or nothing great. No, we're not doing that. Setting a boundary and I've had to do that in the work setting as well like letting, no, no thank you. Setting a boundary in regards to that, setting a boundary in regards to a Halloween costume suggestion I mean, whatever it might be. Anything that's inappropriate or that's Racist that they may not, they may not know any microaggressions like across the gamut. Just really being clear about boundary setting. And I hate to say, I hate to say this, Dom, but and I know, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say education per se, because I know there's a whole other conversation we can have about educating white people. So what I'm going to say is boundary setting. And I'm the kind of person, like you said, I'm asking why. I like to also give reasons on like this is why we're not going to do that. So that's just my personal preference. But I'm not saying to do a whole lecture and be giving away your your insight for free. But that's what comes to mind for me. Don, What about you?
0: Yes. So there's a, a lot in terms of boundary setting. I do think that piece around not being the educator. Right. So when I think about the stuff, when I think about the racial tensions that we were experiencing in 2020, like the height of it. And I think about how. Th- how white folks may have turned to their black friends for education around, well, why are black folks so upset? Mm-hmm. Whew. So, unless your job title involves being a diversity expert, you can set that boundary and say, you know what, I don't want to engage in this type of conversation with you. Right? Here are some readings that you can go and do. And after you've done that, then we can have a conversation. But it is not my job to educate you on this. And so I think there's the boundary setting there. I also think from a professional stance, there's also the boundary setting of I'm not coming in to do do this shit for free. Right. So I am not going to come in to your place of work. And be and and provide a workshop and do a diversity training for free. Unless T, you were like, you know what, Dom, I need you to come in. My team needs some my, my team needs some assistance. As a favor to you, yes, I would come in and do it, right? But Susie, who works at Institute XYZ, who found me on the internet. Sorry, Susie XYZ, you're going to pay my rate. And if you can't pay my rate, then I cannot provide this workshop for you. And no, I'm not giving you resources for free either. There
1: you go. I mean, that's it. Point blank, period. Period, poo. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have one more tip. Is that right?
0: Yes. So our final tip is having a support system. Lady, whether it's in a work environment or in casual friendships, it is important for you to have sisters who look like you, who you can go to and you can say, you know what? I'm having this is what I'm experiencing. How have you dealt with this? How have you navigated this situation? Right. Because also, too, I do think, and this is my own personal value, I do think that it's important for us to have friends who look like us, mm-hmm. to have colleagues in the workplace who look like us. Because the reality is, until the entire country and all of the systems within this country change, yeah. no matter where we work, we're going to encounter systems where we need other folks who look like us, who understand what we are going through. There you go. Spot on. You
1: hit the nail on the head. Lady, we appreciate you for listening. We're going to head on over to Patreon and record the after show. Please look up Tamla Horseford; That is so important. We're going to talk more about that story, Dom. I'll give you the rundown on exactly what happened. the devastating story, but it talks about, I think, the importance of the conversation that we had today, lady also connects with us on Instagram at herspace podcast. If we get to ten k followers, we'll be able to post links directly in our Instagram story. So lady, if you enjoy the podcast, go follow us on Instagram and drop some green hearts on our latest post to let us know that you listened and if you are on Patreon, we will catch you in the after show hey lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.